Welcome aboard. It's Tuesday. It is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. It's an hour later than usual. So thanks for everybody that remembered and apologies for everybody that didn't know. I am, of course, your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And this jet-setting young fellow on the other side of me is... Gaurash, senior handicapper over winners.com. And together we do this every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Except today, when we do it at 4 o'clock, as we help you to head back to the window. So uh, that's uh, today, to, uh, Mr. Steen. Oh, uh, starts with your premium picks today, David. All right, buddy, let's get it. Let's get it, man. You're. Uh, I wish you'd have been there before the weekend. I had a nice NFL weekend going 5-0 and on the premium side, but we'll see if we can keep it rocking today. Good luck. Um, again, thanks, uh, everybody, for uh, for joining us here an hour late. Uh, Scott is in beautiful Miami at the... What hotel are you staying at, bud? Staying at the Fontainebleau. The Fontainebleau. The Fontainebleau. Yeah. Is that the nicest hotel? In- uh, basically, the way that you just pronounced it, the way you think it would be spelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Fountain Blue. Pretty much. The Fontainebleau. No. Uh, probably the nice, nicest hotel in Miami, probably. Oh, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. It's nice of you. You're, and, you and you're buying the rooms for everybody, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not buying the rooms. I'm buying the drinks for everybody. <laughs> nice. Nice. It is uh, good to be here. We got David in the house, of course. IC is here. IC getting over. He's the, he's the one that remembered it started at 4 o'clock today. T-Train in the house. Uh, the Florida Kid. That's right. And in, in honor of the Florida Kid... I didn't turn on any of my lights too, because I know you got bad lighting there in the hotel room. So I just uh, I didn't want to. Wasn't matter bad lighting. I just opened up a couple blinds, hoped it would help out, and so far it looks like it did. That's a good start. Big Big X, Big X is here. TL, good to see you. TL, Jr. Black, what's up, guys? Hey, thanks again for everybody that joined us last night doing our live broadcast. It kind of devolved away from football, so. If the game was better, we would have kept it on football. Yes, but that did yeah, not happen. Yeah, we knew. We talked about it before the show today, Scott. As soon as, as soon as we we had a bad feeling, and then Murphy and then Murray threw the the pick six there at the ten yard line, and we knew we were fucked. We knew the broadcast. You mean the was, underhand pick six. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. We knew it was going to go off the rails. So uh, uh, Jones is jealous of Florida. I'm freezing. We're all freezing, Jones. It's about to get colder. So yeah. Suck a bag of dicks, all you people in Florida and Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, we'll we'll ch- hey Joan, we'll check back with them in the middle of July, when it's like hundred and five with ninety eight percent humidity down there in Miami. So, Scott, are you gonna go uh, any 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 clubs with bottle service and all that? Gonna meet you some some hotties down there in Florida? All the models hang out and stuff. I'd rather meet them on the beach, but That's when true. looking at my actual plans for the trip, mostly seeing family. Yeah, so that's gonna be the first priority, but. I do plan at some point on going by the Hard Rock in Hollywood and playing some poker for probably a day or so. T-Train wants to know, what's our take on Texas Tech and Iowa State? Scott, that's a great question because uh, Iowa State, we thought, was going to be really good. Um, they played some real good They're games. not bad. Early. They almost beat Kansas the other day. Yeah. So, and they do, they kind of had some some downtime and then, and then they stepped up against KU. Texas Tech, um... 
I don't know. I thought they were a lot. I thought they were a lot better before their last game. Where where you come down on this one, bud? I think it's a lot of points for a Texas Tech team that I'm still not sold on offensively. Am I sold on Iowa State offensively? No. So I think you'll see a lower scoring game that should be close. But Texas Tech lost to your team. I know. What's up with that? I'd feel so much better if Texas Tech would have just run over K-State like they were supposed to. They're four and a half point favorites and. K State didn't puke one away at the end. I was pretty impressed, and that was on. Uh, that was of course at home there in Bramlage. Iowa State is going to be on the road for this one. I just think it's a lot of points. I don't know, man. I, uh, it feels like a lot. I know the total in this one's in the one is around one twenty nine, yeah. give or take. I like the under if I had to make a pick, just because both defenses are allowing less than sixty points per game. Mm-hmm. They're both elite defensively, and we know Texas Tech. If they're known for anything offensively, it is not pace. So right. I expect to see a lot of really just ugly half-court possessions. The under is my favorite play in the game. But once again, it's another one of those correlated situations where most of the time, if you like an under, you tend to like the underdog because you're not expecting many points. Yep, yep, yep. Texas Tech put up 51 against K-State. K-State, decent defense, but they... Shouldn't be good enough to hold an elite team like Texas Tech is maybe supposed to be to 51. So uh, we'll see. And Texas Tech, despite not having beard, still plays pretty good defense. So. Yeah. Well, I, it was a beard assistant who took over, right? Right, right, right. So the system's still in, in place. I mean, that's not going to change. Correct. Uh, Baylor lost last game, so that's not going to happen tonight. It's actually false, Joan. They've lost the last two games. Yeah, what's up? What's up with the Baylor Bears all of a sudden, Scooty? Uh, they're going through a bit of a slump. I actually watched the end of that Oklahoma State game. Oklahoma State's not a good team, so that's a pretty bad loss there. But, yeah, it just seemed like the issue was either cold shooting or just really untimely turnovers, especially against Oklahoma State. I know they cut it to one. They went on a serious run. Then Flagler had back-to-back turnovers down the stretch, which were absolutely brutal. But Baylor, in that game against Oklahoma State, shot 31% from the floor and 28.6% from three, you're not going to win many games shooting like that. And the game prior against Texas Tech, they shot 41.1% from the floor and 33.3% from three. So the main reason why, really bad shooting. That's kind of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is The defense is still good. It's the offense that just fell apart. Well, you know, and that's a uh, usually a pretty good huggy defense there, especially up in, uh, in, in, in at home in West Virginia. I think uh, personally, I think Baylor rallies the troops. I think they're I think they're too good, not to uh, not to make a make a comeback here. I think it could start here against this kind of inconsistent West Virginia team. So we'll see. I think it could too. West Virginia still undefeated at home. I know we ended up backing them for a play of the day at some point, either last week or two weeks ago. But I don't think West Virginia is a talented basketball team. I think that West Virginia gets by with a lot of just huggy quality defense, but you actually look at the offense. Who do they have? They have McNeil as the shooter. And that's kind of it. I mean, they got Sherman, who's pretty good. Sorry. And that's, isn't that basically it? I mean, they don't have many guys. Well, and the other, the other problem that I'm looking at here for Baylor, and, I, and I'd like to know, I know, I know Brad wanted us because it's getting, it's getting ready to start. Um, have you any, anybody got a status on Okinjo? Because I've still got him as questionable for this one. 
I didn't see any updates. Yeah, I've got I've got Okinji is, is questionable and Sochan is, is questionable as well. But that was my point. But my point was that Sherman uh, is averaging a team high eighteen point nine. You have McNeil who's averaging fourteen point three. Next highest score eight point eight. Yeah. They have two players averaging over nine points per game. That's not going to fly. Mm -hmm. What's your pick here, buddy? I'm going Baylor, but I like. I, I think Baylor's too talented. The backcourt, I think, is good enough to really put the clamps down on West Virginia. And unlike most years, West Virginia is really not a good rebounding team. Well, let of me... course, their main rebounder last year went to Kentucky, and now he's putting up almost 20 rebounds a game. He's been absolutely insane. But West Virginia is a smaller team compared to normal seasons, and Baylor's more physical, and they're better. So I just think it's a bad matchup for West Virginia. I like the team total under on the Mountaineers. I'm not sure how they're going to score. Are you worried about losing rebounding if Sochan doesn't play? For West Virginia or for Baylor? For Baylor. But I'm saying West Virginia's leading rebounder is averaging 5.9 rebounds per game. Well, but do you they don't have many guys anyway. Yeah, I know, and and you know they've still got uh, they they've still got they've still got the big guy there. Chamo, uh, say it, say it. What's his name? Oh boy, um, Osabuinhin. No, no, no. Chama Chama Chichua. Are you talking about Baylor? Yeah, I was talking about uh, West Virginia's leading rebounder. That's also a mouthful. Oh yeah, but. Yeah. Baylor's got a lot of guys, and the point is that we know if they can shoot even average, they should mop the floor with West Virginia because you're looking at the actual scoring for the Mountaineers. They don't have any guys. Give me the team total under on West Virginia, but I think Baylor should win this game. All right, fair enough. Pretty handily. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at yesterday's action. Find out uh, who's the winners, who's the whiners, who took it in the shorts. And who got lucky last night? Scott, uh, you know who you are. Who had to call the cops? All right, Scott. Let's uh, get it started as we uh, as we so often do in the NBA. Taking a look at the Bucks and the Hawks under 233. Scott, this game was sitting at 224 with 19 seconds left. You got to figure you're probably good... But it's the NBA. You never know for sure. There's scramble points, and man, did they scramble. They had 11 points in the last 19 seconds. Game landed 235, buddy. If you had the under 233 there, so sorry. You got to call them cops. And looking at a college basketball game, probably the most entertaining game on the card yesterday, if you had Purdue and Illinois under 148, you only had 138 in regulation, but that's an even number. 69-69. Mm. Not nice. Game went to overtime. It went over. And then just to spite you, it went to double overtime. Game landed 184. Brutal. Brutal. Um, I, and, I, and Purdue should have easily won the game. They were up double digits for the majority of the second half. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I hate those games where you, you have the under 148, and then you, you look at the box score, and you're, you look at the final score, it's 184. Like, well, you're just an idiot. It wasn't even close. I'm like, yeah, well, look closer. Finally, if you had Seattle, California, Baptist... Under 148. Boy, bad, bad day to play the unders yesterday, Scott, if we learned nothing else except in the NFL. Um, they had 143 with four seconds left. Oh, God. <laughs> Seattle, here they come. Anything but the three to tie it. Uh, foul. Can, can I, foul. Can I interest you? Why did they not foul? Stop it. What are you doing? Why do you let them shoot it? For God's sakes. Well, they did. They hit it. Into overtime we go. 
146. That's just a memory. 73-73. Suck a bag of dicks. Game landed 177 after overtime. Holy shit. That is an overtime period right there. 31 points in overtime. Nicely done. Yeah, call the cops, would you? Just foul somebody. You're up three. Somebody just foul. Somebody commented on you having to work on vacation. Um, here's the. I've not taken a day off from work in like years. Here's the dirty little secret about our jobs: we always work on vacation. We get four days off a year. This is no shit. Uh, it is the. Uh, I'm sorry, you get four days off? Yes, it's the uh, we didn't last year because they fucked up the NBA. I have not taken a single day off in the span of like four years. Yes, you have because it's the Monday, the Tuesday of the All-Star game, it's the Wednesday after the All-Star game, and it's the Thursday where they usually have one game. Those are the four days off we get a year. I thought we usually make videos during those anyway. No, because we, since you and I have been doing it, it's been all pandemic scheduled. But usually when, okay. when they're not bleeding over the NBA into the summer, we get those four days off. So... There you go. I might. I thought I was writing college during that time. No, there's nothing else going on. Really? No, there's no sports in that week. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Maybe I just forgot. Not even UFC. I don't know. Fucking UFC. Maybe. Oh boy. Okay. All right. But so, and again, don't think we're bitching about it because we love what we do. Um, I can travel and get paid at the same yes, time. I can't yeah. really complain. That's why you, you guys will occasionally see me shooting videos from hotel rooms as well, and that's why. And that's what we're doing. So. All right, Scott. Well, the opposite of, of course, call the cops is the people that were uh, in the good position. These are the happy, happy folks that were right where you want to be. I bet I know what one of these is going to be, but uh, let's find out who else was sitting in the rocking chair. So, first one in hockey. If you had the Sharks on the money line against the Kings, you led 4-1 to one after one period, and you won 6-2. to two. Uh, Timo Meyer forward for the Sharks. Five goals. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What do you call that? Is if a three is a hat trick, what do you what do you call that? Is there a name uh, for it? A pay raise? Okay, I don't know. Good chat. All right. Should get paid more. I don't, I don't know. If you hit, how do we not how do we not have the Rams in this? What the fuck? Rams isn't on this list. I kind of saved it for... Oh, okay. okay. I mean, we could. I, I kind of saved it for another segment. All right, fair whatever. enough. I should I should read the whole sheet. <laughs> Hornets, plus two. Here we go. If you had the Hornets plus two against the Knicks, they led by 18 points at halftime. There's no second half shenanigans. No overtime bullshit. They ended up winning by 10. Sure, they, should, they pissed on their shoes a little bit in the second half, but that didn't matter. Uh, double-digit win is a double-digit win. Congratulations. You never needed those two points. And the last one, if you had Denver plus the eight against the Ruse. Ruse. In, in college basketball. Well, you had a pretty solid bet because Denver never trailed by more than three. They led by seven at the half and they won by eight. Poor Ruse. That's a t- typical UMK season. UMKC season. You, you start the, the non-con. You're like, maybe this team, they're not so terrible. And then they play a couple conference games. You're like, mm, I don't know. And then, yeah, about the four, third or fourth game of conference play, you're like, oh, yeah, they suck again. Terrible. We've talked about the ruse and how bad they are, how historically awful they are, and it sucks. Um, all right, Scott. Let's uh, check in with the comments here. Uh, uh, best job ever. Yeah, dude. We love it. We we, we dig the shit out of this. Um, UMKC, Kansas City's college hometown. My daughter goes to school there. My daughter graduated from there, Brad. Um, congratulations. Yeah, it's a, it's a great school. Uh, unless you it's like unless you like basketball, it's not good. It's it's a good cheap basketball ticket. You occasionally get to see decent teams come to town, and it's a fun place to see them. You get a little small college gym feel, but 
They pay you to go to the games. Yeah. Yeah, when you go to the Ruse games and you hear them going Roo, they're not saying they're not saying Roo, they're they're saying Boo. <laughs> so, uh, you need a blind squirrel segment. <laughs> I like the opposite of call the cops that people got lucky. Yeah, I've thought about that. I and I've, I've thought about like the hail mary segment or about uh, yeah, kind of the opposite where you have no business winning the game and you end up doing it. That's kind uh, of the same as the call the cops though, just the opposite side. Right. That's and that's exactly what he said. Uh, Ninja's asking about the Dukies minus the Florida State since uh, you're you're down there in Florida, Scott. I'm sure you have an opinion on that. Um, I know the Seminoles are usually very good at home, but I've said numerous times the Seminoles team is not nearly as good as it has been in years past. Duke lost to Miami at home. We know that Duke is still a solid team. Miami's pretty good too, even though they burned me earlier this year. I understand why people are automatically on Florida State just based on spot and the fact that Florida State at home is historically very good. I don't think the team's very good. So I'm going to pick Duke. What are you laying there? What do you got? What do you got for a number on that? It's about five. Yeah, I got it at five as well. Um, Duke, Duke, I think, even though they are not a, in my opinion, a team that's going to compete seriously for a championship, they're still probably a top five team in the country. Yeah. And Florida State, I don't even know if they're top 25. I just think there's a huge discrepancy in talent this year between the two. I'll take Duke. But if you like Florida State at home, I understand the historical trends. I'm just saying, historically, this is one of the weaker teams Leonard Hamilton's had as coach in the last decade. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they they may uh, round into shape a little bit later. But, you know, the Duke team, they've just had that one. Well, they lost Ohio State on the road that home loss to Miami. They were winning that game. They fell apart down the stretch. Yeah. And that, that home loss to Miami is just inexplicable, but they did recover nicely picking up the winning cover on the road at Wake Forest and then took care of business against a pretty awful North Carolina state team, by the way. Mm. Uh, you know what? Give me the under. A lot of bad teams in the ACC this year. That really is. Syracuse is awful as well. There's really not many great or even just good teams in the ACC. Me the under one. Virginia's bad too. Me the under one forty five. Uh, you guys think Ohio State beats Uwe Pui by 50? Um, we talked about that. We talked about taking Uwe Pui as a, uh, as a bet the farm play. But yeah, we actually are not on Ohio State tonight because they're a bit shorthanded. They're yeah. missing a couple of guys. They're missing Suing, who is averaging double digits, pretty solid player there. Now, Uwe Pui is awful. We know that. Awful. We know the overs have started to cash in their games. The issue is with Ohio State, A, are they really going to be incentivized to rub it in? Maybe not. They might just bring in the bench unit early because they should be up by a lot. But they are going to be missing a couple of guys. One of them's significant. The others are really not that significant. But I don't really want to back a team that's a little bit shorthanded laying a huge number. 33, man. 33 is just so many points. It's a ton. Uh, It really is. Rules football, I take it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Buckeyes could care, could cover 33 against the Uwe football team. I think they'll win handily, but if I had to guess a point 20, uh, margin, 20, I'd 25. say 28. Yeah, 25. Whatever. I was going to say 25 to 27 right in there. Um, what's your Okay, uh, is, is a UFC question. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try it here, Scott. Uh, Kigos Medvedev. Oh, you think it's a UFC fight? That's cute. That's tennis. Oh, oh Medvedev is tennis, of course. Kirgo, sorry. Um, all right, so what do you, what's your uh, what's your take there? Uh, what's my take? Kyrgios is going to start off pretty hot because he's a great server. Medvedev will keep the ball in play all the time. Kyrgios will have a bunch of unforced errors and will mentally collapse. 
Do I think he will win in straight sets? I think Kyrgios could win one, you know, the crowd in Australia. Truth is, I actually don't even know if they like him that much. It seems like he's a very, he's obviously a polarizing figure. Some people like him, some people don't. I'm talking about Australians, not just people who watch him from why, afar. Why is he polarizing? Because he's the kind of guy who tries a, l- a little bit to be the McEnroe, where he'll mm. just yell at the umpire and he'll do random stuff that a lot of people think is a little bit unsportsmanlike, so to speak. So it kind of rubs some people the wrong way. I think he's entertaining, but you kind of get tired of his shtick when he does it for the eighth straight year. But Medvedev, for my opinion, is a brick wall. And I think he's just a bad matchup for Kyrgios. Because Medvedev is a great returner. He's lengthy. And if you force Kyrgios to make an extra shot, he's going to do something stupid. He'll go for a between-the-leg shot. He'll go for a random dropper. Medvedev eventually is going to wear him down. Fair enough. Nathan Cernus says I feel a little dirty taking Uwe Pui at plus 33. <laughs> I don't blame you. I agree. I think it is the play, though. I Rob- think if you wanted to make a play on that game, but you don't want to fully back Uwe Pui, you go for an Ohio State team total over, but then yeah. you're living really dangerously. Yep. It's almost the same bet, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, Browns backer, tell us, tell us, tell us you got here late without telling us you got here late. Uh, <laughs> wants to know about West Virginia Baylor. Um, where'd we come down on this, Ken? I'm going Baylor. All right. But I like West Virginia team total under. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Eastern Michigan, another game we looked at for Bet the Farm. Eastern Michigan plus three, three and a half over Kent State. I, I like the dog in that one. Yeah. I mean, Kent State is awful on the road. They're also just not very good. In most years, they're an above-average team in the MAC. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty safe statement to say. Yeah. But this year, they're not. They're kind of middle of the road, if that. Eastern Michigan's kind of the same boat, but at home, they're really good. So I do think if you want to take an underdog play with a potential money line parlay, sprinkle something in there. I really don't mind Eastern Michigan. I think they're very alive to win the game. I got to tell you, anytime I see a conference game with a home dog, I'm, I've got to take a serious look at that because that's yeah. usually a pretty Especially good with the home road numbers for both teams. Right. Uh, Baylor going to come back strong today. I, I don't doubt that. That's what we think. Yep. Uh, Houston? Mm-hmm. It's a really tricky spot for Houston because on one hand, they're significantly more talented than South Florida, and that's a given. Houston is the best team in the conference, and that's a no-brainer. However, they are going to be missing one player in this game who is pretty significant. I'm trying to remember she- what his name was. Oh, uh, they're missing. They're going to be. They're going to be missing Jamal Sheed. Uh, yes, that is correct. So that's not exactly a serious, serious loss, but he's averaging 9.3 points per game, 5.4 assists per game. The assist is the big part for me because he's clearly the floor general of the team. Mm-hmm. And I do think you might see them a little bit disorganized offensively without their main point guard, the main facilitator on that team. So I'm really not interested in laying that many points with Houston, but they're also unstoppable at home. So I'm just going to take a South Florida team total under and just assume Houston puts the clamps down. I'm gonna, you? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you how this has gone the last three years. Houston from the floor the bloodbath. has shot 51.7%, 60%, and 53.2% from the But how'd South Florida the, do offensively in those games? Yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, yeah. Houston, Houston wins by 17, 36, and 17. So. I remember I had I had the 36-point game, I think, where they were up 30 at the half. It was absolutely insane. That was last year, I think. Yeah. They uh, crushed them. Team total. I, I'll, I'll lay the points there. I'll do it. Um, yeah, and, and I think it, you could wait before game time though, because people might react to the to the injury to the point guard. Yep. But I've seen a lot of teams when you have a certain system in place, the point guard who's controlling everything, who's calling the plays, doing the signals, all that stuff. 
I do think that's going to be a bit of a loss. But defensively at home, Houston just kills you. Yep. They just smother you to pieces. And I just think that that's going to happen in this game. South Florida, I don't see how they're going to score. I'm with you. Uh, Groovy Caps is uh, Vanderbilt going to put up 12 three-pointers today. Gonna, Could be. Gonna make, I mean, that's gonna, kind of the secret of their offense. They got Pippen Jr., and they rely a bunch on three-point shooting. Shoot! That's kind of it. Shoot! What do we think of this Tennessee team, bud? Um, they kind of... Uh, I'm, they're a Barnes team. So they're going to finish the season somewhere ranked in the 20s, and they'll lose in probably the second round of the tournament. Awful. They've been awful on the road so far. Uh, at least, in, uh, not good. At least in conference play, um, no no wins at all on, the, including a really bad loss to uh, LSU, and then getting curb stomped by Kentucky by almost thirty last time out. I'll take a spin on the home dog there. I'll take a spin on. I'll take a spin on Vandy. I'm okay with that. I don't mind that either. Uh, you know that, of course, both schools are in Tennessee, so you got a little bit of an in-state rivalry game. Oh yeah, home games are important. But conference games against in-state rivals tend to matter just a little bit more. You know the crowd's going to be pretty excited for that game. Let me talk about the Wisconsin game. Where are you at on, on your alma mater? Are you fading them, buddy? No, I actually like Wisconsin, which means they're probably going to lose. But Northwestern's a team that had the nice upset win against Michigan State over the weekend. But they're going to be a little bit shorthanded, or most likely shorthanded. And the most impressive part about Northwestern's win was that they beat Michigan State without Pete Nance while missing arguably their best player. Not even arguably, certainly their top scorer in Pete Nance and the only guy yeah, with any, uh, Pete any... Nance averaging 17 plus points per game, 7 yeah. plus rebounds per game. He's questionable for this game. But you know, you if he's not I would gamble on that. I think Wisconsin should be favored by more. You'll you'll see I've I've got this game and my power ratings is about 5.8. So, just just saying, you know, you'll see it this might be one of those games where Northwestern has the our best guys out. Let's circle the wagons. Let's have one game where we step up. Well, it feels like that was the spot. And you'll see this every once in a while when a team is missing their 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 big man that they'll run they'll run a different different offense. They'll run a little faster. They'll they'll take a few more outside shots. And if they get them to hit, if they get them to go down, then it's a different it's a different kind of style, and the other team's not prepared for it. I think the most impressive thing about that uh, that victory that they had over Ohio State was the fact that. They out or uh, that they out rebounded them. I mean, over Michigan State rather is they out rebounded them forty to thirty five. Because Wisconsin beat Ohio State, so I wasn't sure who. You yeah, were no, no, about. Uh, no, yeah, they uh, Ohio State took care of uh, t- <laughs> took care of Northwestern. And the fact- only thing I know is that when you're looking at Wisconsin's roster, and I gave him a bit of a hard time before the season. Yep, I did not expect them to just let Davis do his thing. Right, I knew how good he was. I just figured that guard system is so team oriented, they just wouldn't let him cook. But he's clearly the best player on the court. Yeah, other than that game against Ohio State, they put up seventy on everybody, which is that's fairly impressive for a uh, for this Wisconsin team that's not generally known for their their high flying offense. Yeah, Wisconsin overs have been a solid play this year. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Nathan Cerner said, even if Pete comes back, Russ could be an issue. Absolutely, could be. Mm-hmm. James Mounts but in I'm, the house. Good to see you, James. I'm looking at Wisconsin. You can talk about how it's a good spot for Northwestern to maybe return home, and they have a nice shot at upsetting a top 10 team they might have just been i'd say celebrating so heavily in the michigan state game that you might just have a letdown after such a shocking road upset yep because that was that was a that was a because nobody had them winning and that was a revenge game as well over, over michigan state so that was huge i think wisconsin wins by seven somebody asking about the florida state i mean you see the miami north carolina game 
Miami at home catching two in the hook, Scott. They've been uh, uh, they pulled the big upset at Duke. They've been kind of an average team at home. What do you think of uh, what do you think of this North Carolina team? We haven't talked about them a lot this year. Well, North Carolina, of course, is my favorite team. They're the team I root for, and the big men are there with Manic and with with Baycott. Now, Baycott, of course, had that ridiculous twenty plus twenty plus game against Virginia, which he should because Virginia doesn't have any big men, but they should dominate the glass in pretty much every game they're in, which is really par for the course. That's what North Carolina has been known for for the last couple of years. The questions are the guards because you're relying a lot on Davison with love and Miami's got a bunch of experience. Wong's a very good guard. They got a lot of pieces. So the question that you have to ask is which advantage is going to be more noticeable Miami in the backcourt or North Carolina in the frontcourt. And even though of course Miami usually is very tough to play against when they're at home. This year hasn't been that case to the same extreme as it usually is. Uh, North Carolina is so good at home, but they've really been really just average at best on the road. I don't mind a money line play on Miami. I think that Miami is going to be in there to the end. There's been a lot of money on the under because North Carolina has been playing a really good defense, but the pace should be really solid for the over. At this point, since it's already gone down about four or five points, I think over is the play right now. All right, very solid. Hey, let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about we we're, we're going to talk about that game a little bit last night, and uh, what better way to do it than put it in the uh, uh, one of our favorite segments? But first, we do remind when you want to remind you to like and subscribe. Please do it, or the NFL will add an eighth playoff team next season. Fuck, nobody wants to see that. So please, please like and subscribe. Check out our. Uh, Check out our buddies Jim Williams and Chris King over there doing their uh, just parlays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time every single day. All right, Scott, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's find out. There was uh, definitely some some drinking, some questionable lines last night, and no bigger one than the one we're about to talk about. The odds makers, they were uh, definitely, definitely drunk when it comes to this one. All right, so if you were uh, uh, joined us last night for our live broadcast, we were all excited. We're going to have a tight NFC West contest there between the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, not exactly what happened, Scott. It was uh, it was Rams minus three, and which basically means those teams are even, right? You get about 2.7 points for home field advantage this season, I believe, is where they have it at. So the yeah, odds, so close game, one possession, yeah, fourth quarter, yeah, something like exactly, that. Uh, exactly. Odds makers are telling us that they expect this one to come down to the wire, and yeah, none of those things happened. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals a complete no show in that game. Uh, One hundred and eighty-three yards of offense. They lose by twenty-three points. Of course, they screwed every play that I had as far as play of the day goes because it was a lot of. Uh, I counted a lot on Stafford throwing the ball around the yard. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. What did he throw? Seven, 17 passes? 16 passes? Uh, it was about 16 too many. Yeah. Just just brutal. So, uh, yeah. Lose, they lose by 23. It really, it could have been worse than that. If you guys, I, I swear we are going to do, Scott, we are going to do a live broadcast one of these days with a good football game. One of these, well, the, the Bama-Georgia game was good in the second half. Yeah. Just the first half was awful. True. True. And the, the Arizona-LA game was good for about five minutes, and then it just went downhill. It was 14 nothing. Arizona was in serious trouble. And then, you know, the, the game really turned when they overturned that catch. 
on the sideline because that put him well, back. I, I thought they I thought it was incomplete. So I was surprised they called it a catch in the first place. It was, close. It, was it could have gone either way. You just know when push comes to shove, when you have a tough call like that, is usually ruled incomplete. Yep. yep. Usually. Absolutely. Oh, you know what? I put that in the wrong segment. It, it honestly it works either way. It really, really does. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. So. I was gonna let us rant about Kingsbury and yeah. that offense, but we we can just do it now, honestly. I do have to give Kingsbury this though. Okay. It's it's one thing the team knows shows, and we talked about it on air yesterday, where we, we know Arizona's offensive line had no answers the entire game, right. and Murray was running for his life. But if you're going to be, I'd say, promoted as an offensive genius when you enter the league and when you're supposed to lead Kyler Murray in this ridiculous offense, you have like 10 yards in the first quarter. Yeah. You have 183 yards in the full game. And about 70 of those yards came on one garbage time drive. Yep. So when it actually mattered, you had what? Like 100 total yards of offense Mm -hmm. in the entire game? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, buddy. I mean, that's just... It's one thing maybe if you're Vic Fangio and you have no offensive background at all. Right. And you're like, oh, a Rex Ryan offense has 100 yards. Like, who's surprised? But you're, you're the offensive guru. You're the guy. You have to do better than 100 yards when it matters. Yep, very nice. Elliot V said he hit a home run last night. He got laid and paid. <laughs> he was, I remember he was waiting for the Fresno with benefits. Congratulations, Elliot. That's I'm a, proud of you. Yeah, he, 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 had, he had a nice hotel room and everything, man. They call him Mariano Rivera because he closes. <laughs> uh, Derek Jones in the house. What up, Derek? Um, that's it. If it's a good game, if we don't get to hear about Scott Senior's delinquent early days, no shit. Uh, um, yeah, we uh, we went down some rabbit holes last night. You can't even say we went off the rails because we really weren't on the rails at any point during the game. No, no, there was there was no rails at all in that one. So we'll we're going to take this weekend off because uh scott's gonna be scott's gonna be flying saturday night will be his last night in florida he's gonna be doing family stuff and then sunday night he'll be flying so we're gonna take off i'm not sure when i'll be back and by that point it i don't want to bother we will we will do a uh we will do a live broadcast for the champion for one of the championship games the the next weekend so and then i think we're not going to do the super bowl right we're gonna let everybody do their own thing with the Super Bowl. We might ask. We might put the question. I don't really know because we're gonna put it out there. I, I don't want to. I don't want to blame COVID again. But our Super Bowl party is cool again. I don't know, man. I, Nobody knows. You know. You know. It's well. I. I don't know because it's been the Chiefs. That's the only thing stopping us, by the way, is that we would do it, but I don't know if either of us are gonna plan on doing anything, or if any of you are gonna have Super Bowl parties to go to. But I really don't know with. Whatever the hell's going on with the Omicron variant mixed with some other stuff, are people actually having get-togethers at this point? I don't know. Uh, Nobody you know, knows. I, so I will maybe, t- maybe not. I will tell you this. Most of the folks we had last night for the live broadcast were pretty disparaging of Super Bowl parties. <laughs> they really didn't seem to be a fan of it. They're fans. So. They're fans of football. And, you know, with I, the, yeah, with- I think the one exception I'll make for a Super Bowl party is if the people you're with are equally either invested in the bets yes. because they have something. Yes. Or they also just like the game. But it's when you have the people who show up who aren't paying attention throughout the entire season, a couple of girlfriends mixed here and there. They just want to see the commercials. Right. It's a mix of priorities where you get a problem. But if you have a whole group of people who are only interested in the actual game itself, 
then it's a great time having other people with you. Yeah, if, if, if I want to spend commercial time bitching about how the Chiefs offensive line can't block anybody and somebody tells me sh- the commercials are on, you're fuck you, you're out. You're Get mm-hmm. get your shit, hit the door, you're gone. So I will say the last two years, between in, between COVID and the Chiefs, the big thing, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to any kind of goddamn... Really? I'm, not go- I'm not going to any kind of fucking party where there's 40 or 50 people there. I want to watch the game. I want I want to run back shit. I want to look at things. I, I want no part of a Super Bowl party. So, uh, I think that's the point that I run into is that when I have a Super Bowl game to watch in my lifetime, the only action or whatever interest I have is who I bet on because, of course, my teams aren't getting in there. Right, right. James Mounts is a great storytelling last night. I think if we learned from anything last night, I'm once again astounded I'm still alive. No question about that. Uh, a super a Super Bowl party where everybody is invested in the game has never existed. It has to be pretty small. I will say I'll put the caveat of of, of more than five people. You can get a good core group. I think of five people. is the ceiling. Yeah. Yep. Every, I mean, a couple of good Super Bowl parties. One of them was actually the Patriots Seahawks one, where I actually won the box, uh, won the fourth quarter box and that interception by Butler. <laughs> but we had about five six people. Somebody's father was doing the grilling, so we had some barbecue stuff going on. And there's about five, six guys. We had the boxes. We had some player props. It was a fun time. <laughs> Browns Packers says, take your cheap beer and go home. Yeah. I'm Personally, I think there's nothing more classless than somebody that brings like a six pack or a 12 pack over and then takes the remnants home. Hey, there's, there's three, there's three bush light left. Do you care if I take them? So you're telling me if you go to a potluck dinner, you're not supposed to take the one quarter left of the apple pie you brought. Well, that's if, if, like no, of course you leave it. It's, it's as long as it's of the house, unless it's in your own. Like if you bought a if you brought like a pie pan, a, a ceramic yeah. thing, you have to take home. Then you it's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you bring something and fucking take it home, like you if you bring takeout or something and take fuck you, you're cheap. That's no. your fault for not drinking the whole six pack. You're never ever going to my fucking Super Bowl party. I'll tell you that much. No, it's all community. Yes. Beer is potluck. Yes, absolutely. Bring fucking beer. So, uh, Somebody asked about the Knicks game tonight, Scott. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of NBA games to talk about. Yeah. So let's start with the Knicks one. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, the Knicks had the no-show yesterday. We mentioned it on the rocking chair with the Hornets. Well, Melo didn't even play, so it was even a worse showing by the Knicks. They're a 500 team. That's one game below 500. So MSG, MSG, what a great home court advantage. They have a losing record at home. So how do you feel it's really not that present this season? Meanwhile, Minnesota is not good on the road. They're one game under. They did beat Golden State last game. No Curry, no Draymond's. They were just handed a free win, but they took it. Um, this Knicks team isn't good. I think Minnesota has some upside when healthy. They got Towns. They got Edwards. They got D'Angelo Russell. They can actually score. Can the Knicks actually score? Not really. They haven't lately. I want. I wanted to ask you about the Knicks defense. Is, is are they actually back? They've given up. Le- they've given up less, uh, less than hundred and five of their last seven. Haven't given up hundred and ten so, since. That's the real issue, though, yeah. is that I have a hard time determining if you're playing great, great defense, or if your pace is so slow right. that your numbers are are inflated or deflated in this case because you're just limiting the amount of possessions from both teams. Um, Could go either way. Brad Crawford says most people bring their own coolers. I want, I want, I want my three bush lights. Favorite <laughs> beer in Vegas vacation. I drank a lot of bush in college. God, it was a because I went to Mizzou and it was uh, kind of a St. Louis town. 
And so we got, we got to drink a lot of bush in, in kegs. That was that was what was on uh, was on tap. What was on what was what did you guys have in Wisconsin when you brought a keg? What was usually there? Uh, bush. Bush. Yeah, there you go. Some things never change. Uh, yeah, we, it was it was either bush latte or we would occasionally mix with some. Uh, I don't think we ever had Coors, but we we'd have some cheap beers. Bush was usually the choice. Yeah, uh, we call it God's beer uh, in Wisconsin. Okay, fair enough. Um. How do you feel about this Knicks team tonight, buddy? Uh, this, that's the thing, is that they played yesterday, so fatigue might be a factor, but they were so bad, you do wonder if they can step up. But people have expected the Knicks to step up all season long, right? and they really haven't done it. I'm going Minnesota. Okay. Because when push comes to shove, I expect a close game, but the Timberwolves can score. And I'm not sure the Knicks can. They played once this season, the Knicks won, but throw it in the garbage. Because Towns didn't play and Edwards didn't play. So mm-hmm. who cares? Like, like, that doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm going to take Minnesota. All right. I'll go the other way. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a weird travel spot for um, for the Nick, for, for Minnesota. Uh, played Golden State and then you go to New York. I thought they were Golden State on the road. Never mind. Not that bad. Um, I still think the Knicks, I think the, the Knicks step up here. I really do. I don't know why. I just got a hunch. I don't know. I'm tired of waiting to expect him to step up. I feel like people have just expected him to step up the whole season long, and that just hasn't happened. Good question. Uh, Good good point. Bronco Devil says, Old Milwaukee. It's a beer that made Milwaukee famous. No, that was not. That was not. That was somebody else, wasn't it? That was Falstaff. That was Miller, I thought. Was it? Fuck, I'm old. Can Golden State cover 15 and a half? It was called Miller Park, so I'm assuming Miller's the beer that milwaukee's known for uh, there was a there was a beer maybe somebody in the comment section knows that old old time is the, the beer that what, made, blatz like i don't, I don't no, know what it was, talking about no it was uh it was either like falstaff or schlitz or hams schlitz i've heard of never heard of falstaff no that i've never heard of hams hams beer yes oh. hams i've heard of oh god they still make hams. that's my- the ultimate cheap keg if you're trying to kill everybody at the party Old style. Oh, God, hams. N- never again. Oh, God. Schlitz. It's one of my least favorite beers. Hams? Either that or Red Dog. Red yeah. Dog was bad, too. I don't know Red Dog. That was really bad. I don't know Red Dog. My, my dad grew up. My, my dad drank hams when I was growing up. That's what it was always around. Hams was not a good time. So, Curry. You had, you had some PBR as well, occasionally. Yeah. Curry's going tonight, Scott. He's upgraded to probable. Uh, Frank Jackson's out. Livers is out. Uh, for Detroit, of course, still. Jeremy Grant still out. Um, uh, fifteen and a half, man. Can they cover fifteen and a half? They can. I, I mean, the Suns killed the Pistons by about thirty the yeah. other day, so I'm not surprised. Of course, the Suns are clearly in much better form than the Warriors right now. The Warriors are—I don't want to say falling off a cliff, but they're approaching a hill. Let's say it that way, because Draymond's going to be out for another couple weeks. Curry's been awful shooting the ball, so you do wonder if he can bounce back. Hi, oh, do I trust Detroit? Not really, but I don't really have any thoughts on this game. Do you? I feel like if you like the Warriors to cover, just take Curry like over 30 points because if they're going to cover, they probably will need Curry to have a huge game. Yeah, this is a uh... where else are they get in their scoring from. Yeah, well... Jordan Poole, like that. That's basically it, isn't it? Pretty much Clay, who's been okay since he came back. It's a Detroit team that hasn't been fantastic with uh, 
with with big with big spreads. They are a road underdog of more than twelve and a half points. They're one and three this season. That is not ideal at all. But the one time uh, I don't remember if they were home or road, but they did beat Milwaukee, which I think was on the road. I think that's the one exception. Uh, Golden State home favorite, twelve and a half or more, four and one against the number. I'll ride that. But of course, it's with a healthy Curry and a healthy Draymond. I know Draymond's yeah. huge for that team. Well, Draymond's going to play. Oh no, he's out. I'm sorry, he's got that. No, calf. Draymond's he's, out. He's, he's that, out for the next like two, three weeks. Yeah, he's got so that. He, cal- he had a setback. He's got day. that calf injury. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, it was worse. It was a calf injury, but they realized that it was mixed with some back issue, so he's going to be out for even longer. So they're going to have to deal without him for a while. Um, which Scott would be more pissed if they swapped haircuts? I'm guessing Rachel would be. I would just get my hair cut. <laughs> If I had your haircut. Um, any thoughts on Russell Wilson, buddy? Uh, my thoughts? I think he's going to stay in Seattle. I, I think it's another offseason that has a bunch of offseason drama. Yep. Where are they going to go? What's going to happen? And then nothing happens. They just go back. Because Russell Wilson, he said all the right quotes. He wants to stay in Seattle. I believe him. I mean, I don't know why he would want to leave Seattle. Of course, the team isn't great. So I guess that would be the argument, but I do think if he stays, Pete Carroll's gone. So I do think they're going to pick Wilson over Carroll in the situation. So that's how I'm looking at it. You know, I Bronco devil, I feel bad for Denver fans because they've got a pretty good core. They've got a really good defense. They've got some, they've got some fine receivers. Um, The offensive line's okay. The running backs are good. Good enough running backs. Yep. Absolutely true. They've got a couple of problems on the offensive line, but I think those can be fixed. Yeah. It's not a bad landing spot, Scott, for for like teams that are desperate for a quarterback. It's probably one of the better spots. I, I think it's an attractive place uh, for a quarterback to go. Having said that, I don't think Russell Wilson goes anywhere. I think he stays put. I think him and Rodgers are both staying still. I agree. I agree. All right, buddy. Let's do, let's get to it. Let's Man, time flies, huh? We, we're, we're used to having four hours mm-hmm. <laughs> like we did yesterday. All right, bud. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's... let's uh, I know it's, you're going to look funny down there in Florida with your straw hat, but I'm going to insist that you put it on. Put your straw hat on. Put your overalls on. I know you brought your John Deere with you. Climb up on board, that motherfucker, and fire it up, because it's time once again, the Florida edition of Bet the Farm. Scott, how did we do yesterday? So we ended up having the under in the Eastern Illinois game, and now that is 14-0 on the season. Cue to banjos! Yeehaw! Yeehaw! All right, here we go, Scott. What do we got cooked up for today, my friend? So for this one, we're going to the one sport we didn't talk about, hockey. And there's one matchup that we like involving the Islanders. And it's a bit of deja vu because they just played the Flyers yesterday. And we like the Islanders again on the money line at minus 125. The Islanders have won four of their last five games. The Flyers have lost each of their last eight games. Full implosion on your hands there. Uh, they played yesterday, as I said. Islanders won four to one. And the Islanders have dominated the head-to-head meetings. They are 6-0 and in the last six meetings. Give us the Islanders a minus 125. Yep. You want to put a little sprinkle on the under there? That is a Steen Machine recommended play. My kid played that yesterday. He was on it, and that was a victory. And I'm sure he's going to be on it again today. So take a look at that parlay as well. But our official bet the farm play is going to be your New York Islanders minus the 125. So there you go. That's going to do it for the show. And that is going to do it for our bet the farm play. 
As always, thanks for hanging with us, guys. Sorry about the hour delay. Got to make uh, sure Scotty's down there comfy in the Fontainebleau. And yeah, we're, we'll be back to normal time tomorrow. Yep, we're gonna, so I was just going to say we're going to be regular time uh, starting again tomorrow. So, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining us. And, again, thanks for joining us last night. If you haven't checked out a live broadcast, it is a lot of fun, and uh, we, we interact with everybody in the comment section. So definitely check that out here in a couple of weeks when we do that. So you guys have a great day. Scott, go get you some stone crabs, would you? Uh, Joe's, and, and grab, grab a couple for me, buddy. Have fun down there in Miami, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Good luck on all of your plays, and of course, don't forget to join us each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Central, as Scott and I do our very, very best to help you in your journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody.